I'm Steve Oscazzo, and this is The Way. Welcome to the October 2022 This is The Way podcast Star Wars News Update. There have been six episodes so far of Andor, and as well as this show has been written and acted and shot and produced, I really wish we had double the amount of episodes on the way. Tony and Dan Gilroy's scripts have been spectacular. The actors, even down to the smaller roles, they've been turning in amazing award-winning performances. Luna, Skarsgård, O'Reilly, they should all be in line for Emmys, but anyone with a hand in this show deserves more work. Oh, if only Hollywood actually worked that way. Please, speak freely. I don't know. I mean, everything I do, I just want to like, I want to tell people about Star Wars. I want to make Star Wars cookies. I want to make, I want to make speeches about Star Wars. I want to make ice cubes in the shape of Star Wars characters. It is time to update you on Star Wars news since the last news update podcast. Andor is out, and no matter what the viewership is for the show, the praise has been almost universally great. I haven't heard anyone complaining about the writing, acting, characters, camera work, effects. Where are all the racists and crying fanboys? Well, it appears Disney doesn't need to pull those cards, because the show is perhaps the best-received Star Wars live-action drama since The Mandalorian. Now, is it too early to talk Season 2? Not in my book. Showrunner Tony Topic Gilroy says it's going to start shooting the second season in November and shoot through August 2023 to be ready for a 2024 release. Additionally, he mentioned about the time he's done with all 24 episodes, season 1 and season 2, he's going to have his hands on 26 hours of content. Now, I think he's just rounding even the shorter episodes up and including Rogue One in that total. He'd have to average some hour-plus episodes in Season 2 to make up the difference there. Speaking of Tony, he's been getting glowing praise in the comments I've seen on the internet from actors like Diego Luna and Eben Moss Backrock give a little insight into just how serious Gilroy took creation of this show. There's no writer's room. Just Tony going into a room and working it out. That gives us a singular vision, but one he designed to fit different genres. Yeah, you know, it's all baked into a sci-fi fantasy show, of course. But inside are character-driven moments, spy thrillers, political dramas, and epic battles. The volume's not being used either, and that's not because Tony doesn't like it. The interview I read says it's a matter of workflow, and with all the hours and speaking parts and things to fit together, it makes more sense to just have physical locations. The volume and location shooting have different limitations, and for Gilroy's method of doing things, that means locations make more sense. More than that, Disney and Lucasfilm, it turns out they're not micromanaging him. I wonder then if that's why other shows have been such a mess. Maybe Gilroy earned that lack of oversight from years of successes, but I wonder why why some of the other shows have had major issues for longtime fans. Also, there's not going to be any cameos or drop-ins, as Gilroy puts it, in his stories. No, you know, if a character needs to be there, like Saw Gerrera, then that character is going to be there. So we're not going to see Vader or Orson Krennic unless they more than make sense for the story, 
they have to advance the story. That's refreshing. It sounds like Star Wars is in good hands with the Gilroys. And the music, too, as it turns out. Nicholas Bertel tells Variety that he and Gilroy collaborated to produce more than seven hours of music unique to the Andor show. We know for sure that we're getting 12 versions of the theme song in Season 1, one for each episode. And he's already made available the first three versions on various music services like Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Pandora, YouTube Music, Tidal, among others. His process and the process of the scoring was something I found extremely interesting. I think it's worth your read. That article on Variety was posted September 26th by John Burlingame. That should help you find it. It goes into the brainstorming, the set-specific pieces of music, like the club scene in Episode 1, the percussion piece in Episode 3, which was when the citizenry was you know, clanging the metal alarms. They even talk about how the rustling leaves were incorporated for the music we hear on Canari. You think anybody's listening? Season 2 of Andor will see Ariel Kleiman becoming one of the directing team members that will handle a three-episode story arc block, each of them a story block each. And those three episodes are going to be responsible for getting us through the years in between this five-year BBY season right up to Rogue One. Actually, it's year five BBY, and then there's going to be four or five yeah, four story arcs taking us each through a year up to leading up to Rogue One. So four story arcs, four years, four directors. If Kleiman is joining, maybe we'll get three other new directors. I think it's confirmed, though, that Hain and White and Karen are going to return. Tony Gilroy is on record saying he wanted to, rec- to direct the final block, but that was wishful thinking. He just doesn't have the time. As a showrunner, he's really got his hand in everything anyway. It appears he might also step away from writing, though, because he's bringing in Tom Bissell, a guy whose most prominent writing credits come from video games, and he's going to write an entire block. So if everyone else is returning, as Tony suggested, that means his episodes might become Tom's. Cell does have one episode of an Apple TV series to his credit, and I haven't played Battlefield Hardline or Gears of War 5, but the highest praise I can think of is being tapped by Topic Gilroy to take over some episodes, if you ask me. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. A huge piece of news, if you ask me, is the voice acting retirement of Lord Vader. James Earl Jones is going to allow computers and AI take the voice on in all future projects. That's sad to hear, but completely reasonable. He's 91 years old. His voice doesn't sound the same. But Respeacher, a Ukrainian-based audio company, impressed him enough for him to sign off on allowing them to use his voice catalog. He won't provide any new voices for Disney, but now, Respeacher can. I think it's incredibly generous for an actor to allow a character to continue bringing joys to others that he really, especially one that he really breathed the most life into. And now, that's apologies to David Prowse, but, you know, we don't hear him in the suit, thankfully, <laughs> as some of those early clips of Prowse talking in the suit, uh, we, we found out. James Earl Jones is 
is the voice of Vader, and it sounds like he's going to continue to be for maybe forever. And who might you be? Coming later this month is Tales of the Jedi, and a new poster came available earlier in October after D23. From official materials, we know we're going to see the corruption of Count Dooku, which includes interactions with a young and old Qui-Gon Jinn. And hey, Liam Neeson and Neeson's son are going to be providing voices for the Qui-Gon we knew from The Phantom Menace, and then the younger version. On the Ahsoka episode front, we're seeing parts of the character's life, pre-Jedi Order, Clone Wars era, and the Ahsoka novel era as well, which includes the sixth brother of the Inquisitorius. Ashley Eckstein is back as Ahsoka's voice, and Matt Lanter will be back to provide the voice of Anakin. Aiden Versio's voice from Battlefront 2, Janina Gavankar, she's going to be in the show as well, and she's going to voice Ahsoka's mother. Yeah? Good. StarWarsNews.net's Grant Davis cited sources that Disney is indicating it wants a new Star Wars game from its developers every six months. When you account for all the announced titles in development and pre-release, there are maybe four and a half years worth of games in the works, but there probably more in the early stages we don't yet know about. Well, do you count Tamagotchis as a game? There is a Grogu version of that toy slash game in the pre-order stages right now. I checked the Amazon sites for both the blue and silicone case versions. There's two different versions right now. And those are still available for pre-purchase. I'm talking to myself again. I am. (laughs) Star Wars The Clone Wars board game is now available to purchase. I saw Target and Amazon selling it online. It's a strategy card game. But it does have a map, board, and figures. From looking at the cards, it probably plays like a Magic the Gathering or maybe a Pokemon trading card style action but I don't think you have to buy booster packs or anything. It does allow for single or multiplayer action for up to five people. It's retailing, though, for around $60, which is a little pricey if you ask me, but it's a Star Wars game, so Disney has to get its cut. From Kenner's Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection, it's Millennium Falcon that you put together. Batteries not included. Nice landing, Han Solo. Collectors. There are six new holiday-themed versions coming to the Black Series, and though they're not called classic characters, it's clear they're just trying to avoid controversy. And you know what? It, it might actually work. For example, clearly, the protocol droid is modeled after C-3PO, but it's a white and red-green painted figure with a scarf that also comes with a Christmassy-looking BD droid. The Wookiee is mostly white and, to be honest, a little Bumble-looking. You know, uh, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer Bumble. It's got blue lips and blue feet, and even if it does have a bowcaster and a porg like Chewie, honestly, shouldn't the ammunition on the bowcaster have been actual present bows? I mean, it's a bowcaster... Come on. The Mandalorian holiday figure has a boggling figurine and an ambin blaster, but it's all red and white and green and copper with an ugly holiday sweater paint theme. I think I would have gone with uh, Mudhorn Reindeer or something instead of that boggling, but we're not done. Oh, no. There's a First Order Stormtrooper in mostly green with some red and white accents, a mouse droid similarly themed, but it has a bow painted on it, making it look like a present. There's a scout trooper with a gift sack that's carrying Grogu, not dressed as Santa, but I guess this is supposed to be one of the guys at the end of Season 1 of The Mandalorian. 
Last but not least, a gingerbread-themed clone trooper with a Santa porg. No, I did not make any of that up. I know that laugh. (laughs) Don't worry, there's plenty of Black Series and Vintage Series characters on the way that are not holiday-themed, including some from Andor. Cashin, Bix Kayleen, Luthen Rail, Mon Mothma are all getting Black Series versions, but Cashin and Velsarthur also get to be part of the Vintage Series. Also in Vintage form will be the Bad Batch's Hunter, and the set including all seven members of Figrin Dan and the Modal Nodes. The Return of the Jedi 40th Anniversary seeing some characters get Black Series releases like Han Solo, Leia, Biker Scout, Skiff Guard version of Lando, and Wicket. There's also a non-Return of the Jedi addition to the Black Series as well, Axe Woves from The Mandalorian Season 2, The Arius Episode. That is supposed to round out the Bo-Katan's team since I think they already have figures of Koska Reeves and Bo-Katan. Season 2's episode of The Mandalorian, The Jedi, is also getting a Black Series set. A three-figure one, including Ahsoka Tano in her episode attire, The Mandalorian with Beskar Spear from the end of the episode, and, of course, Grogu. It's an Amazon exclusive for now at $67, and it is available. Just one more thing. I need you to send us a ping. This is when we talk Disney Parks news. Inflation has now hit Batu. Two experiences at the park now cost more than before, and they weren't cheap to begin with. To build a droid at the Droid Depot cost $99 since the debut of Galaxy's Edge, but now it's going to be more than $20 more at $119.99. Savi's workshop experience, building a lightsaber, once $219.99, now it's $249.99, a price hike of 30 bucks. That's a little steeper of a jump, even if not by percentage, than some of the food, drink, and lightning lane increases the parks have already seen. Now, if you want to visit, by all means, do it. But make sure you budget wisely, because just like the increases are coming to Disney+, Plus, Disney is constantly testing the waters to see how much they can get out of us, the consumers. If you pay it, they will continue to raise prices. Oh, by the way, what I just mentioned, in November, there's going to be two tiers of Disney Plus service. There's going to be an ad-supported version and what they're calling ad-free, but I suspect that's only going to be during the selected content. And it might even not apply in some cases. There might still be ads. At least that's kind of how Hulu works. Here's something, though, I found on the website TechCrunch. Quote, Earlier this year, Disney promised to limit total ad load to an average of four minutes of commercials an hour. The company also revealed that preschool programming will not have any commercials whatsoever. Disney Plus will have fewer ads than its sister service Hulu's ad-supported tier, which shows ads for nearly twice as much time at approximately 7.4 ads per hour. End quote. But... I mean, they're doing it because they can, though. Enough people will continue to buy and pay, and that's going to produce profit. And even if it reduces usage somewhat, they're betting that it won't be by enough to change their minds. Okay, time to sign off for October. If you think I've missed something, please send me a message. Email is thisisthewaypodcast at gmail.com. And now with Linktree, all our links can be found in one place. You can find them at l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash this is the way pod. There you're going to find our Twitter, Instagram links, 
at This Is The Way Pod, as well as links to our YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're, we're going to continue to try to get people to listen to this podcast because I think I'm doing great work here. But if you're not listening, well, then maybe I am wasting my time. Please let me know if you like what we're doing. Thank you so much for joining me for this October 2022 news update. If you haven't, please go and enjoy our coverage of Andor. Six episodes already and six to come. Be prepared, though. You're going to hear glowing praise about the writing and acting if you do. Next month, we're going to talk more Andor, Tales of the Jedi, and we'll see what else. I'm your host, Steve Lascalzo, and this is The Way. May the Force be with you, always. Always.